You're listening to the Prevailing Word podcast channel and also on our Prevailing Word live YouTube channel. I'm Pastor Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. Let's get right into the message. Romans, the first chapter, verse 18, the mental health crisis. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because although they knew, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrust, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, merciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. It is no secret that we know that the world is crazy. Some of us who used to be in the world were just as crazy. We lost our minds because of our love for sin. In fact, go to the book of John chapter 3. John the third chapter. 
verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. This is talking about the earthly ministry of Jesus. The, earth, the earthly ministry of Jesus was to save people from sin. Because when you are saved from sin, you are saved from his wrath. Uh, when we are saved from sin and saved from his wrath, we cross over from darkness into light. In essence, what we've done is that we've crossed over from foolishness into wisdom. For the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that Christ has been made unto us wisdom. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. You see, and any individual can say, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but their works do not declare as such. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 that there will be tares among wheat. You will have people that will come in and sit amongst us and declare that they are Christian, that they're saved and they're not. They're trying to live what is called a double agent life. Living, trying to live as a child of God in, in word, but never in deed. And so we have to be very careful that our deeds line up with his word yes. and that we walk in his word. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 4, that man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's the test. The test is whether you are willing to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, to live out. To live the word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God means to do his commandments. Because when you are doing his commandments, it is the only proof. Yes. It is the only proof that you are a child of God. Uh, you, you can declare all you want that you are a child of God. But if your works do not show them as such, then you are a liar. You are an individual that can't be believed because here's one instance where uh, people, you can determine whether an individual is walking in the commandments of the Lord or not. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is the, is, is the, the measuring rod. A lot of people will say, well, we're not under law but under grace. But you see, you still can't have other gods before him. You still can't make a graven image of anything that you see. You still cannot use the name of the Lord in vain. You still must consider the Sabbath as holy. You still must honor your father and your mother. You still must not commit adultery. You still must not murder. You still must not bear false witness. You still must not covet. All, all of these commandments is by doing them determines whether you're not whether or not you say who you are. And so if you're found breaking those commandments, then evidently you're not a child of God. 
Going, uh, continuing in, in John chapter 3, in verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. In other words, Jesus is going to describe you, describe to us what this condemnation is, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. How do you know that you love darkness? Well, after service, you, you already know. You know when you go home whether you are actually living in darkness or living in the light because you will begin to either walk in the light as he is in the light or run from the light and not be in the light. The word of God is there for a reason. It is that light. It is the word of God that we must shine on our hearts each and every single moment, not every day, every moment. So when we shine the word of God on our lives, its, its intent is to ensure that you are who you are. For everyone practicing evil, what are you practicing? There was this um, new series on on Prime Video that that was coming that came out, and it was about Navy SEALs and and you know those things like that interest me, and and so I, I went to the preview, and it was by accident, and it showed me what the content was, and as a child of the light, even as intriguing as that series might be. The content showed all I need to know to avoid it. And that's where the problem is in terms of where believers are in terms of their mental health. You're allowing the world to come in and teach you things and then you come in on Sunday to try to purge it but you go back to seeing those things and it gets in you and that's the real control over your life. And that's why we have to guard our hearts. The book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 says that we are to keep our hearts with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. If we don't keep, if we don't keep our hearts and allow certain things to come in, it's no wonder that not only out there in the world there is a mental health crisis, but even in the church. I was watching... Uh, some things about um, about what the church is doing just watching because it, it by gauging what others are doing will determine pretty much where people are and I'm I know that people can't help it people can't help it they can't help themselves to guard their hearts and they're going back to the same things. And, 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 and I'm beginning to see that it's a Saul spirit. Now what is a Saul spirit? A Saul spirit is a disobedient spirit. But it is also a spirit that listens more to the people than to God. And when your pastor listens to people more than they listen to God, that's who's running the church, the people. Pastors, have, true pastors know 
never to be driven or carried away with people. Amen. Never. Uh, it just it, it, real pastors will will never fall into the mentality of people because you have to come to the conclusion that if people are not walking in the word they're going to carry you away from the word and next thing you know you give them what they want to hear and guess what you score points with the people but God is displeased that's why my endeavor in this place is to always give you the meat of the word with spinach not collard greens not candy yams the meat of the word with spinach that's all you're getting and, and so here when people have a mental health crisis the answer is found in the scriptures I, I was watching another teaching and it was concerning the shooting that took place where uh, in uh, Uvalde, Texas where uh, 19 children were killed and two adults and they asked these two uh, faith leaders why is it that we're experiencing these things and I mean you could just you could just hear where they are um, you can hear where they are with with these mass shootings why is it that all these events are happening well, the answer is right here. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. If you don't tell the world where the problem really is, then all you are is just a motivational speaker. You were never called. And oh, by the way, this same preacher that they were asking this question about is this same preacher that spit in his hand and smeared it on somebody on the stage. The answer is right here. For everyone, verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You see, evil has an origin. It's called original sin. Evil has a place of origin and it is in the garden. In the garden of Eden is where sin initiated on earth. Sin, of course, operated in heaven first and Satan was cast to the earth. But when Adam and Eve sinned against God, that's where on earth the mental health crisis began. Man forsook the command of God and you can't help but go crazy without God. 
And so, if anybody ever asks you a question, why is this so much evil? Why is it doing? Why are they doing this? What you go back and you tell them the scriptures. You tell them, well, go back to the garden. God told Adam, of the trees of the garden you may freely eat, freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Go back to the first command that was issued to man. Take them back there, because that's where it all started. Show them Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, where it tells us that by one man sin entered the world, and, and death was, and, and, and sin was passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Death came as a result of sin. Show them that. The reason why these shootings happen is because of the evil in men's heart. It's because of the evil in men's heart. And the only remedy is John chapter 3, verse 3. Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the only remedy. Now it's nice that you tell them, well, perhaps they need a job. Perhaps they need a psychiatrist, a Christian psychiatrist, but they can only go but so far. You need to tell them that they need to be born again. Yes. I'm here to tell you that all this evil that's going on throughout the world, everywhere, if man was simply, if every man, four billion, would simply be born again, evil would go away. And of course, live, live by his commandments every single moment of their lives. There would be no need for shootings, stabbings, killings. Because now you know where it came from. It came from the devil. You know how you can keep the devil out? Get born again. <laughs> Come to Christ and get born again. Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. And it will all go away. Verse 22 in, in John chapter 3. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he remained with them and baptized now John was also baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there and they came and they came and were baptized for John had not be, had not yet been thrown into prison now go down into uh, verse uh, oh verse 30 where John says, John the Baptist says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God for God does not give the spirit by measure the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand he who believes in the son has everlasting life and he who does not believe the son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him so the way that you get the wrath of God off of you is simply by believing in his son by taking in his word. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. 
And he said, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So, along with believing that he is the Christ, you are taught his commandments. You are to be taught his commandments, and then you could pass from light, from darkness to light, from, from, from death to life, and everything upstairs as far as your mentality will be regulated as you apply the scriptures in obedience to his commands. And it's essential that we tell the world this. Go to the book of Luke. Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 1. They were present at the season, at that season, some who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? You see, we have a nasty habit that when we see a tragedy or when we hear of something really bad happening to people, we say, wait a minute, this thing that happened to them, are they, are they worse sinners than everybody else that they got, got this? Well, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse 3, I tell you no. <laughs> now, it would have been nice if Jesus would have ended right there for some of us. But he continued on and say, but unless you repent, you will all likewise or in the same manner perish. A lot of people were probably thinking that I was cold when back in 9-11 that, you know, I, I saw later that it was the judgment of God upon the nation. And I gave as an answer to what happened in 9-11 months later this response that Jesus said. And it is appropriate every time that we hear of a tragedy what, what's more important at that time is, is not just to make laws in an attempt to prevent it because obviously we're seeing that the laws that people are making up to prevent certain things, criminals do not obey them. Like I've said before, we have, pe we have problem with people in the church living by the Ten Commandments and we want to impose laws on criminals that they shouldn't do these things and they do it anyway. Now many will, will, will say what happened over in Japan? What happened in Japan? Uh, uh, the former Prime Minister Abe in Japan was assassinated. Now if anybody knows anything about Japan, they have gun control. They have gun control. Gun control laws where only out of 127 million uh, Japanese, only 197,000 Japanese have firearm permits. And that's way less than 1% of the 127 million. Yet this individual was able to make a homemade gun, a double-barreled homemade gun, and shot and killed the former prime minister. And then you'll have people that will say, well, we should have gun control laws just like Japan. Well, it didn't work evidently because this guy made up a homemade firearm and was 
and was successful in assassinating the former prime minister because all it takes is once. Well, weren't those laws supposed to work? Nah, well, it, it didn't in that case, did it? Which only underscores the fact that when a criminal makes up their mind to do something, no law will stop them. And that's true with the story with Cain. Remember when we, sto we studied the story of Cain? God himself did not stop Cain. God told Cain what he can do, but he was so enraged that he was rejected. He still killed his brother, even when God told him what the problem was. God saw that Cain had a mental health situation. He was sick in the soul. Because sin lies at your door, if you don't get control over it, sin lies at your door. Cain completely ignored what God said. And that's what sin basically is. Sin is the deliberate, intentional act of defying the known will of God. You don't care what God says. God said don't kill. And you go ahead and kill anyway. God says don't commit adultery and you do it anyway. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain, but you do it anyway. The sin-sick soul is what make a person mentally ill upstairs. That only when a person is born again in the heart, Everything upstairs come in line in obedience to the scriptures when you give yourself over to obedience to the scriptures. So in verse 3 in Luke chapter 13, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So the, the, the solution to this is that we all know that death is going to come in various ways, whether by natural or by violence. Death is going to come whichever way it comes but if you've repented in your heart then if you repented in your heart and placed your full faith on the Lord Jesus Christ alone that should death fall on you you'll see him as he is I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You kind of figure that Jesus would tell them, my thoughts and prayers go out to the families that were killed by Pilate. Nope. You didn't hear Jesus say, oh, that's a shame. You know how we get emotional. <gasps> oh, such and such died. Oh, I'm going to pray for that family. Instead of telling whoever else remains alive, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Verse 4, Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they, are, they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all 
likewise perish. Go back to Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. See, when we suppress the truth and unrighteousness, it's because of the heart condition that creates a mental insanity condition. No one in their right mind wants the wrath of God. <laughs> no one in their right mind wants the wrath of God. You know why? I mean, it's just like when mom is, is, is taking the strap and beating everybody. And you don't want to get it, so you be good. Uh, you don't want mama's wrath. Well, why is it that people will understand that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness and unrighteousness of men? Because they believe that sin is normal. Sin is never normal. Righteousness is normal. Somebody put out a, a meme, normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. No, 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 that's, that's not really accurate. Normal is coming back because Jesus is coming back. See, their version of normal is unrighteousness and ungodliness. So, normal is coming back when Jesus comes back. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. You see, what's known of God is already manifest in them. Go to the second chapter of Romans. Look at verse 15. Romans 2 and verse 15. who show the work of the law written in their hearts. You see, even before you were born again, God wrote his law on your heart. There's no way possible that you can escape it. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. I mean, even sinners, when they use the name of the Lord in vain, their conscience convicts them. When you're living in sin, that little, that little irk on the inside is your conscience speaking to you that you did wrong. When you know you're about to tell a lie on the job, the Holy Spirit, for believers now, the Holy Spirit already warned you. He already kicked you. He already put the spurs to the side of your belly to warn you don't do that. It's written in our hearts. Every person that God created from the start of Adam and Eve, God wrote it on the heart. There is no way possible that you can escape 
the commandments of God written even in the heart of the sinner. Their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else ex excusing them. Your conscience bear witness. It's talking to you. It's testifying. You did wrong. And between themselves, their thoughts uh, uh, accusing or else excusing them. But look at the rest of this in verse 16. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Even those things that you thought that you'd done in the dark, you thought that they would not be revealed, but they're all written in a book. The only way possible that your book as a sinner can be expunged, removed, thrown away, is when you repent of sin and come into Christ by way of new birth. Every sinful thought, every sinful deed, every sinful word, that book is thrown away. That book doesn't exist. But there's a, there, there's a catch. You got to stay in Christ. Because once you come out of Christ, that book comes alive. You don't get a new book. The book, the, the book that you had comes alive. Why? Because Re Revelation 20 says, and they were judged by the books. What were written in them. So you don't want to come out of Christ. You want to fight to stay in Christ. Because if you don't fight to stay in Christ, your book comes back. Look, I want to keep my book gone. I don't want any, any of what's in my book to ever come back. I don't know. Because just like in a court of law, your charges are read. Just like in a court of law, the evidence to prove your charges are read. I don't know how it is. I don't know how it's going to be up in heaven. I, I don't know it, whether it's going to be by way of a screen or he flashes it in your mind. I really have no idea. But, but you're going to see what your book said. Now, whether or not the whole, everybody else that's up in the judgment seat, the great white throne judgment seat of Christ, whether they get to see it or not, I really don't know. But I'm not going to take that chance. I don't want everybody to know my business. Amen. The secrets of men's hearts will be judged. All the secrets. That's why, you know, in a way it's funny, but it's not really. Because when you look at the world's dumbest criminals, how they record their own crime, you're like saying, how in the world can you... Uh, can you be that dumb? Why would you record your own crime? Do you know that somebody's going to use that against you? And any smart juror, if you're sitting on, on a jury and, and, and all of a sudden you see the evidence as far as the videotape is concerned, look, guilty as charged. There, there, there's, no way I, there's no way possible that your defense attorney can get you out of it. The secrets of men's hearts 
will be judged on that day by God, by Jesus Christ. Go back to the first chapter of Romans. Verse 19 again, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. In other words, we can't see God, but we can see his handiwork. Who put the sun up there? Who put the stars? Who put the planets together? Who put galaxies together? Because if there's a painter, uh, a painting rather, there must have been a painter. The painting didn't paint itself, did it? A builder, according to Hebrews chapter 3, buildings didn't build themselves. Every building that we see, somebody had built it. They may not be alive at this time, but somebody's hand put, put it there. How come we don't have a problem with that, but when we tell people that God created the heavens and the earth, people have a problem? Oh, I know why, because people can't see God. But you see, you couldn't see the builder. He's dead and gone, isn't he? You don't have a problem saying that building was made by somebody. You don't have a problem with that. So then why do we have a problem with God creating the heavens and the earth? And your excuse is because you can't see him? It's a poor excuse. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Being understood by the things that are made. When you look at a tree, when you look at the birds, you see, man is always trying to improve upon what God created. He can never out-create God. Have you ever noticed that Whenever man wants to create something, it's always because of what God already created, like AI, artificial intelligence. They, they make robots, but they make robots like us. So if you are a creator, wouldn't you want to improve on God and make something better than God? And you can't do it. Simply because what God created is his best. What God created is his best. And, and so the, per the people with mental conditions will tell you that nothing created something. I like, I like the way one person put it. You mean to tell me that you believe in the scientific impossibility, the scientific impossibility of nothing creating something? It is scientifically impossible for nothing to create something because we have yet to see nothing create something. And the reason why we won't see nothing create something is because it is scientifically impossible for nothing to create something. 
Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. See, we can understand the things that are made by God. In fact, we can see it in the teachings of Jesus, how he uses natural things to convey a spiritual truth. And by showing us natural things, what does it do? His invisible, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The word Godhead means divinity, comprised of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Divinity comprised of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So that they are without excuse. In other words, they can't say, I have an excuse. No. Everything that's created by God reveals his invisible attributes or characteristics or nature. I'm amazed at God in terms of this planet. We will never be able to exhaust in one lifetime all of the things that God created. We will never be able to exhaust it. But the things that we could get to as far as our mind is concerned, once we understand it, we can see that only God could have done this. For instance, when, when I see God create this planet, and when he's able to put land masses together and water and then spin the earth like a top. Now, with the law of gravity, it only can be said this way. How in the world can God make a world, put water on it, and it never spills out in space? Who did that? You see, how, 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 how did he do that? It's, we all know that it's called the law of gravity. But there's a place called CERN, I think it is. Forgot the acronym, but CERN. I think it's in Switzerland. They built a 17 mile long circumference and they're trying to split atoms. And so they run this atom through this 17.1 mile corridor and, and, and pass the speed of light to try to split atoms because they're trying, see what they're trying to do is get into the spirit realm. That's what they're trying to do because there are individuals, and I saw one preacher preach this in 2019, saying that if they're successful in splitting atoms going past the speed of light, then it is conceivable that they can enter into the spirit world. And I said, that's, that's why they're doing that. Because they want to be able to live forever. Because in the spirit world is where you live forever. But if man can do it on his terms, it's no different than Nimrod. 
building the Tower of Babel into heaven. No different. And see, there's already, uh, um, I would say, suggestions that if you get past the speed of light and enter into the spirit world, you'll be able also to see demon power. It's almost like they're building a horizontal bottomless pit. So that way demons can enter into this world. But they're already here because they were cast to the earth of Revelation 12. But to actually see one of these things, it becomes what many have described it as a portal. A portal is called, it means an entrance. So people want an entrance into the realm of the spirit. To see the spirit world. It's almost like pinky in the brain, which is a mental health condition because you can see how crazy those two dudes are. And they always get their plot foiled every single time. The brain always comes up with these wild ideas and next thing you know, they come to nothing. Wasted all that effort due to a mental illness. For since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, you will not have an excuse and say, well, I didn't know. No, the trees told you. The animals that he made told you. The mountains that he made told you. The stars that he put in the sky told you. The sun up there told you. The galaxies that are made told you. You're without excuse. Because although they knew God. You mean sinners know God? Yes, they do. They knew God. They know God. And here's how you know that they know God. Whenever they fight against the gospel. They fight against the word of God. They're all the time telling the atheists, there is no God. Psalm 14 and verse 1 starts out, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Insanity, the mental health crisis. They're insane. To say that there is no God. <laughs> because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Because see, that's the thing that ought to happen when you know God. You glorify him. You glorify him. You, you glorify him by obeying his commandments. By doing his word. That's how you glorify God. Glorifying God is not just in your praise and in your worship. It's in obedience to the scriptures. Because anybody can lift hands. Anybody can shout. Anybody can dance. But can you obey? Can you obey? 
the scriptures. Obedience to the scriptures. Why didn't they, they, they not glorify God? Well, they weren't th thankful. In the last 20 or 30 years, people have moved away from thanksgiving. And you can always tell when people move from thanksgiving by, by hearing them say, well, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Thank well, thankful to who? Because if you're thanking, if you're thanking you, but you better be thanking somebody. You just can't be saying, I'm thankful. Well, who are you thankful to? And then you hear them, I'm thankful to the man upstairs. Well, the, well, let's go a little bit deeper. Do you know this man that is upstairs? Do you know that this man upstairs wants to get into your heart? Do you know that this man upstairs wants to rule your life? Does it, do you know that this man wants you to obey him so that way his wrath doesn't fall on you? They're unthankful. I mean, they skip past Thanksgiving and go right to Christmas in August. September and October didn't even come. And, and Halloween, you're not even concerned about that. And you go past Thanksgiving and talk about Christmas in August. but became futile in their thoughts. These individuals that are walking in unrighteousness and ungodliness are futile or empty in their thoughts. In their where? Their thoughts. The mental health. They're, they're futile or empty in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, the source of mental illness. If you're sick here, you're sick here. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Now let me show you an example of one that professes to be wise. It's like when a person tells you, don't call them mother, call them a birthing person. Okay, so who are the ones that give birth? They. Who's they? You know they. All right, let me ask you another question. What's the definition of a woman? Well, I'm not a biologist, said the new Supreme Court Justice Jackson, a black woman. It could have been her moment to shine that when Senator, when the Senator asked her a question, what is, what, is, what is the definition of a woman? It could have been her moment to shine. She could have said, first of all, I am a woman that happens to be black. 
She could have scored big points, especially with black women. No, she decided to go along with the left-wing demonic definition. I'm not a biologist. We can ask you about science. It doesn't take science to require the difference between a male and a female. All you have to do is look in the mirror at yourself. Whatever is opposite of you is what it is. It could have been her moment to shine, but she refused. And sadly, there are people in the church that go along with it. You can always tell when people in the church have a mental condition, and that is when you bring them the truth. You hear them say, I know that the word of God said, but when it should have been, it is written. We don't give exceptions to, to God or his word. We give the word. We give the word. Irrespective of whether they will receive it or not. And that's the whole purpose of preaching the gospel. It is, it is irrespective of whether they receive it or not. Our job is just to give it to them. Whether they receive it, it's on them. Professing to be wise. Wait a minute, you've been to law school. Well, well, well let's back that up a bit. You, meant to, you went to elementary school, middle school, high school, college, law school. You have this, all these educational backgrounds and you cannot define what a woman is. And you're kind of sitting there and you're like saying, wait a minute, what just happened here? Well, you just saw what the scripture did. Professing to be wise. You see, a lot of people want to show that they're smart. But if you dig down deep, you realize how smart they are by how much scripture comes out of them. Because the more scripture comes out of you, the more that you become wise. Not of your own self, but because of him. And you reject the wisdom of this world. All of a sudden, it's okay to have drag queen, drag queens teaching little kids. A man pretending to be a woman. Professing to be wise. And sadly, parents bring their kids. So not only the drag queen has a mental condition as a result of a darkened heart, but the parents do too, that bring their children. I mean, you have, you have women that are supposed to be protecting their children. 
I was watching as a side issue. I was watching this, these people lit up, lit up fireworks. It was, and the fireworks went out of control and started blowing up. And there was this one parent that was sitting behind the child. The parent, the parent was was a, was the mother of the child. The child was sitting in the stroller in front of her. And and so, instinct is that you run away from fire because it was blowing up all over the place. But her instinct kicked in and she went straight to her child in the face of danger. Got her child and then escaped. That told me that she was thinking. She was already behind. She was already ahead of the game. We don't have many parents that are willing to do that when it's drag queen time to take your child and get up out of there. But you think that it's, it's wise because everybody else is doing it. No. The parent, the mother will protect the child. Now, now here's an example of, of the eternal attributes being seen clearly. There was a man who was in his home and he saw a bear, mother bear, outside the window. He got his gun. Because anytime that a bear show up at your house, you gotta shoot that thing. But he didn't shoot. The bear looked at the man on the inside, and then she, she got on all fours and started walking in a direction. And, and the man thought it strange. So the man opened up his door and followed the bear. The bear took the man to the river where her cub was caught in a fishing net. The bear had enough sense to know that that man could help her cub. You talk about the clear attributes of God. Even bears got sense. There's videotape on YouTube of, of a man swimming, has scuba gear, and this dolphin came up. And usually dolphins are docile, that, you know, but they can attack. But he was caught in a fishing net. And he went and he swam to the scuba diver. And he, scuba, scuba diver got his knife out and started cutting the net. And the dolphin, you know, Swam around him, you know, in, in, in giving thanks, and he went, in, dolphin went his way. Even dolphins have sense. We're living in an age where those, of, those people that are, that are out there in the world are professing to be wise, but they came, they became fools. Just in case you don't know what this word fool is. Let me um, get out of this and go to this. All right. Thank you, Lord. The word fools is the is the Greek word moreno, which is spelled M-O-R-A-I-N-O. Looking up in Webster's Miriam, uh, Miriam Webster's dictionary of the word fool, 
This is the same word that they use as an etymological reference. And, and in looking up the word fool, I also looked up the word moron. And the etymological reference points to the Greek. So there is no mistake about the fact that when you see professing to be wise, they became fools or they became morons. You mean to tell me that I'm a moron? Well, if you have a mental condition and you're not in Christ and you believe that men ought to be sleeping with men or women ought to be uh, committing sexual, perverse sexual acts with each other, yeah, you're a moron. The Bible declares it so. Well, you ought to be nice. At least say it another way. No. We say what God said with no apology. Because it is in hopes that you would come to your senses. Well, that's name calling. We shouldn't be calling people names. Well, God did. And in this case, homosexuals are morons. Why? Because they're professing to be wise. They honestly believe that it is normal all under the guise of love. No, it's a sin. God calls it an abomination. And I don't have to have any degree to tell you such because God said it himself. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And as fools, this is what they do. And changed the corruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You've been listening to our Prevailing Word podcast. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.